You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. And the snap, Brumfield looking, he's scrambling, he's going to keep it. He's at the 15, 10, 5, he is in for a touchdown. Doug Brumfield as time runs out in the first half. How do you like them apples? It's Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 on Unnecessary Roughness. How you like them apples? As we come back, kicking off hour number three, little Method Man and Red Man, I like that. There was a highlight there, too, but I was so involved in the song that that's all I heard was Method Man and Red Man. I'm okay with that. <laughs> this is Unnecessary Roughness on Rain Nation Radio 920. Ari's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in Bristol, Connecticut on the campus of ESPN. And join us now on the phone lines is Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And Paloma, thanks so much for your time. And you heard that Doug Brumfield uh, highlight right there. And, well, the Rebels had their way on Saturday against Brian. What did you see from the Rebels, and how important was it for them to get that dominant victory? First of all, Q, so cool that you're in Bristol, Connecticut. Love seeing all your pictures. Um, I was listening to you last night on, on ESPN while I was in San Diego, and I was like, man, there's Q, man, living his dream. <laughs> so first thank of all, you. shout out to you, one of the hardest-working guys in the business. So, Appreciate um, it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, man, the Rebels are rolling. Uh, Barry Odom, you know, rolling in his first game, 44-14 to win over Bryant. Uh, but excited to see the guys in live action. Really wanted to see their offense kind of just um, go up against someone else. They've been explosive all fall camp. So I wanted to see uh, what their offense would do. And we all know that Coach Marion's go-go offense is not just a one-man show. I mean, even my parents were asking me, like, you know, who's going to be the offensive star this year? You know, who's going to be their Chuck Wagon or their Aiden Robbins? And it's really not just one guy that's going to be the main show at UNLV. Um, you know, we saw several running backs score on Saturday. Doug Grumfield looks really good, um, you know, still setting, settling into Coach Marion's offense. But I think that's what's exciting about this UNLV football team is it's just so versatile on the offensive side of the ball. There's so many guys who can make big plays. Um, a strong receiving core, a strong uh, running back room. So excited to see them on Saturday on the road in Michigan and talking to Barry Odom. Uh, you know, he just told me it's a it's a nameless, faceless opponent. They're going to play their brand of football um, and continue to get better. I was at practice today. Um, and just to see the discipline and the focus today in practice, um, you know, not, not a practice where it was loud and the guys were – you know, having fun. They were laser focused today in practice. I barely heard um, the coaches going off or anything. Everyone seems pretty locked in uh, getting ready for Michigan this Saturday. But what an opportunity for UNLV to go up to Michigan, play at the big house, play in front of, you know, over 100,000 fans. Um, you know, win or loss, this will still make them a better football team this Saturday. Yeah, that was the key right there. And, and you know, uh, UNLV did this last year, right, playing up against a big powerhouse uh, program in, in Notre Dame, and now they're going up against Michigan. How much will you learn about this, and how much will Coach Barry Odom learn about his team going up against Michigan, who's right now ranked number two? Yeah, I think I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think the guys just want to settle in um, to Coach Shear's offense. They're learning a new offensive and defensive system. So, for the Rebels to kind of just settle into to their new schemes. And um, I think on the defensive side of the ball, Coach Odom wanted to see better tackling. All right, we'll go up against the number two team in the country right now. They've got an elite quarterback. Um, they're, they're super talented on, on both sides of the ball, as we all know, Michigan. 
Um, you know, oh, my TCU Frogs beat them last year. Just going to throw that out there. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be a great test for them. But I think more importantly for UNLV, you know, they're just trying to settle in um, and feel comfortable in, in their new their new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new head coach, so many new faces, you know, on this football team, over half the team, you know, are new guys. So when it comes to, you know, every position, there's a lot of new faces in every position. So, um, you know, you're, you're walking into school, you got a new teacher, new faces, you know, it takes time for you to settle in. But, um, no, a huge opportunity this Saturday. And, Honestly, to face Michigan early in your season and, you know, no matter the outcome, um, like I mentioned, it's only going to make them stronger down the stretch, whoever they face in Mountain West play. Right, and that's what it's all about. It's all about Mountain West play. And, I mean, if you play a team like Michigan, you know, this is it's going to be a fight, right? I mean, you're going to have to go in there with your A game. But whatever you get out of that, you're going to be able to be a better team going against in-conference play. And the, the end of the, the, the goal, the end-of-the-day goal for Barry Odom has got to be six wins in, a, in bowl eligibility. Yeah. That's going to help him kind of sharpen the iron to help this team get to where they need to be. Yeah, and I'm, I think it's possible, Q. I mean, I think it's possible. From what I've seen this fall with um, all these new coaches in here from the SEC, from the Big 12, um, one thing I want to point out, Q, is their special teams. I mean, the Rebels were elite on special teams. Jacob De Jesus, their wide receiver from a, from a junior college, a 96-yard kickoff return. I mean, mm-hmm. he almost scored on, on, on one of the returns. So um, for a team that has struggled on special teams, a team that has struggled – on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, things are only trending upward at UNLV with this new coaching staff. Um, and, and, you know, when it comes to every day, you know, Q, they're only making improvements, only making tweaks on the daily. But something else I want to mention is, um, you know, their strength coach, Jeff Fish, one of the best strength coaches in the country. He's worked in the NFL. He's worked in the NBA. Um, and when I'm at practice, Q, I mean, this whole team looks healthy. There's barely any guys nicked up or injured right now. I know it's early in the season, but this is a UNLV team that has struggled with injuries in the past couple of years. And to see the entire team, you know, 110 football players out there um, ready to roll, that's huge for the depth uh, going forward. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Again, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She's our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness, talking all things UNLV. And, Paloma, one of the things I've noticed, you know, we have the Barry Odom Coaches Show on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. Steve Cofield is a part of that. And I noticed already through one week, there's a lot of people that show up to that coaches show. It feels like the vibe around Barry Odom and this program in the community is pretty high right now. Yeah, no doubt. And I think day one, you know, Barry Odom set that tone that, you know, this is uh, a big, the city means a lot to him. He has kids, he has sons who play football uh, here at Faith Lutheran. Um, one of his sons plays at, plays at UNLV as a walk-on linebacker, JT Odom. Um, but he has a son, Garrett Odom, who plays quarterback at Faith Lutheran. He has a young daughter who goes to school here. So, you know, his family is here, his kids are here. He's a part of this community um, and, you know, he's told me day in and day out that this city means a lot to him. Um, you know, any post-game press conference, you know, you'll hear um, him talk about his love for the city. But, you know, you can also see it, too. You know, he's, he's going to dinners. He's going to events. He's going to community events. Uh, he's going to high schools. You know, if, if you were to see him on the sidewalk, on the sidewalk, uh, he'd shake your hand and, and try to get to know you a little bit better. So um, that definitely means a lot that he he's definitely about our city and, you know, it means a lot to him. But 
Um, I think he really, really cares about this UNLV football team. Um, and he said at postgame on Saturday he wants to build it into an elite program, um, an elite college football program here in Las Vegas. And when you have the Super Bowl coming into town and, right. you know, Las Vegas is the hottest city in the country right now, you know, why not capitalize on this opportunity that you have? Right. No, there's no doubt. I mean, I think that it's it's it could be big, man. If UNLV can get things turned around and really become one of those programs that a lot of eyes are on here in the community, that could go a very long way. Again, Paloma Villacana is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I want to flip things over to the hardwood and ask you about the Aces, and they've got a couple yeah. games left, both of them against the Mercury, and they control their own destiny. They've got to win uh, two games or win one and have the, the Liberty lose one, but who cares about having the Liberty do anything? Just win your two <laughs> games and you're the number one seed. What are you feeling yeah. about this team as they get close to postseason? Well, I think they made a statement you know, on Saturday for sure. Uh, Major Wilson, you know, the whole team was firing off on all cylinders. And um, like you mentioned, you know, two games left, you know, finish strong, um, finish the season, the regular season strong. And I know, I know how determined Asia Wilson is and this whole team is to win another title. Um, you know, they took a trip to the White House, you know, recently celebrating their 2022 championship. I can only seem like that would, that would fuel them to, to want to win another one in Las Vegas. Um, and, and these women know, these women know what history they've made here in Las Vegas. So um, they know that every team in the WNBA is elite and that this league is really talented and that any win is, is a hard win to get. So um, I hope the Aces lock down and finish this thing strong um, because, of course, all of Las Vegas wants to see them win another title. You know, all of Las Vegas wants another championship parade here. So if the Aces can run it back, um, and, and, you know, finish, finish this, the regular season strong, get into the playoffs, you know, dominate whoever they got to face in the playoffs. Um, I think, you know, we've seen the competitiveness from Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, um, and we know how good they are. So if they can just take care of the defense side of the ball, we know how good they are on the offense side of the ball. Um, but really these, these, these close losses with the Liberty or whoever they face this year, it all comes down to really locking in in the fourth quarter on the defense side of the ball. And, man, that, that, that Liberty Aces series, we know <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a popcorn series for sure. So man. super excited yep. for the Aces. And, um, you know, we're blessed to have some of the best athletes in the world here in Las Vegas. So um, if you haven't been to an Aces game, man, the playoffs and the playoffs is where it's going to be for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cannot wait. How important do you think it is for the Aces to do go ahead and secure that number one spot so they have an opportunity to make that, that run and, and, and run back-to-back? Yeah, I mean, I think that that'll be their definitely like what they're locking in on right now down the stretch is securing that number one seed. Um, if I'm if I'm not wrong, I think they were the number one seed last year as well. Yeah. So they just get mm-hmm. more extra time to to um, rest, and then you know they have the home court advantage, um, which is huge. You know, we know how fun their games are at the house. Um, we know their their streak was you know they were almost undefeated at the house this season. Um, so man, they, they do really well in front of their fans in Vegas. It's so fun to see a sold out game at the Michelob Ultra Arena. I think it's the best uh, WNBA experience, but I'm biased. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, to see, but also to see, you know, the NBA guys come out to see, um, you know, all the boxing legends to come sit courtside, to see the Raiders sit courtside, you know, to see Tom Brady and. You know, other athletes, you know, that are, you know, high-profile athletes come sit courtside, the Golden Knights. Um, you know, that just means that they really respect what the Aces are doing. Um, and for this team to be the first professional team to win a major sports title in Las Vegas, you know, people definitely care about the WNBA. And, 
man, it's the best basketball I've seen, you know, in, in yeah. person in my life. So um, playoffs is just another elevated, um, you know, the aces are already good. But in the playoffs, we all know that Chelsea Gray is clutch down the stretch. We know mm-hmm. Asia Wilson takes her game to another level. We know Kelsey Plum takes her game to another level. Um, so, yeah, it'll all be about, you know, locking in, securing that number one seed and go dominate the playoffs. And we'll close out with this, Paloma. And I know the individual awards are not important to the Aces or Asia Wilson, mm-hmm. but today she was yeah. announced as the yeah. Western Conference Player of the Month again. Is she on the fast track again to being the league MVP and potentially defensive <laughs> player of the year again? Yeah, I mean, when I sat down with Asia Wilson at the start of this season, she told me she was like, Paloma, I'm greedy. I'm greedy. Like, one title <laughs> is not enough. You know, two-time WNBA MVPs, not enough. Um, and that's, that's elite. I mean, I want to be around Asia Wilson every single day, um, you know, to have that mentality of, um, you know, going to win, win a championship. And then the next day be like, all right, that wasn't enough. You know, let's, let's go win another gold medal. Let's go win another MVP. So that's her mentality. And she attacks every single day like that. So, you know, I hope her mentality can rub off on local athletes, you know, collegiate athletes that, man, like you go win a championship and the next morning you wake up and say, all right, what, what more can I do? And that's, that's her mentality. So she's elite. She's elite. And she's definitely on track to win another MVP queue. I'll tell you what, she's been playing her tail off, especially, you know, in the absence of uh, Candace Parker, she's had to step her game up even more defensively and offensively. Any signs soon of, of Candace potentially returning? Are you hearing anything? You know what? I see her. I see her at the games. I see her on the bench. Um, she's got a boot on. She's kind of riding a scooter because, you know, she's not, you know, 100%. But, um, you know, for her to be at the games and be on, on the sideline, you know, in the huddles, listening to Becky Hammond, and, um, you know, that just shows us that, you know, she's ready to go if, if, she, if her name is called and she's cleared. Um, you know, so for her to be at the games, on the bench, uh, you know, in the huddles, listening to Becky Hammond, listening to, you know, what adjustments and what plays are being called, you know, that's huge to me uh, yeah. that she's, you know, she's hungry. She's ready to get back out there. So um, obviously if she can come back in the playoffs, that would be huge for the aces. Um, but we'll see. I know she's, she's been day to day with, with the team, but to see her, you know, actively involved with the team during the games and the huddles and the timeouts, um, you know, that just shows that she's, she's hungry to get back out there. Yeah, they're going to need her for the playoff run. I mean, they really will. She's got that leadership. She's a veteran. She's been there, done that. And with the experience that the Aces already have, it would just go a really long way. Well, Paloma, what do you got coming out? I know the Reb Zone is cooking uh, each and every week. What what you got working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, the Reb Zone every Sunday at 1030 with Barry Odom. You know, we're going on the road to the big house this weekend. So super excited. I know this is the first time for me and a lot of the players to go up to Michigan. So I'm excited to check that out and continue to show you Barry Odom's new program, all the new faces in his team, you know, all the new coaches and personnel that, you know, they all have one goal to you and that's to win games and to win a championship and that whole building of a 150 people, they're all working towards the same goal. So pretty, pretty special, pretty special to be a part of. Um, And that's every Sunday on the Red Zone with Coach Odom. 
There you go. Well, I love it, man. I love it. And, and hope that he's able to get everything going the way that he wants it going. Yeah. They're off to a good start, 1-0. and They got a tough one this week going up against Michigan. Well, while you're there, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Take a bunch of pictures. Soak it in. I've been doing the same thing while I've been here on the campus yeah. of ESPN. It's incredible. But uh, continue to do what you do. You, you've earned every step of the way. Keep on grinding. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Q. Have fun out there. Will do, will do. You do the same. There goes Paloma Villacana right there. Fox 5 Sports uh, covers the, the UNLV Rebels like a glove, covers the Aces like a glove. And uh, when I say that she's earned every, uh, every, every bit of recognition that she's receiving, uh, she really has. And she's all over everything. <laughs> everything here in, in, in the community, she's all over it. If it's the Aces, UNLV, you know, if it's the Raiders, the Golden Knights, it, whatever it is, she's all over it, has it covered like a glove. We definitely appreciate her taking some time out of her, her day to uh, you know, spend it with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll take a quick break. 416 is the time. Uh, before we do that, though, we'll ask for call number nine because Ari told me we've got more winning on the way. He said, Q, I want to give some stuff out. So let's give some stuff out. We got two tickets. Win them before you can buy them. Comedian Nick Swartz said you want to go see him at the Venetia Resort. Uh, it's going down on December 8th and 9th. Again, the tickets are win them before you can buy them. We got a pair for you right now. Uh, again, tickets go on sale Saturday at 10 a.m., but you're going to get them right now because that's what we do. Win them before you buy them. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for here on Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Want to hear from you. Want to get your thoughts on what you think the biggest storyline is for the Raiders going into this game on Sunday against the Denver Broncos. 702-365-9200. We don't have any more guests the rest of the show, so we got plenty of time for open lines. We do have reason our excuse coming up. We do have some text to get to. We do have head coach Josh McDaniel sound to get to. And I have a couple little nuggets that I wanted to pass along to you. But I want to get your thoughts on how you think or what you think the biggest storyline is for the Silver and Black heading into Denver week one of the 2023 NFL season. Think about this. One of the things I've been talking about quite a bit is the fact that the Raiders need to get off to a hot start. I really think this game on Sunday is so important for them to win. I know it's only 1-17. of I get that. You can start 0-4 and get on a hot streak and then all of a sudden, you know, peak at the right time, right? I know it's not about what you do in September and October. It's about what you do in November, December, and now in January. I get that. Totally get that. But I really believe for this group, it's so important to get this victory on Sunday. And I do believe that they should get this victory. Now, we had Zach Stevens on who covers the Broncos for DMVR.com. He sounded pretty confident that the, the Broncos were going to go out there and sound like they had their way with the, the, the Raiders. And that's cool. That's the confidence of, you know, the Denver media, and that's all right with that. You know, maybe someone's saying that I sound the same way, saying that I feel like the, the Raiders are going to beat Denver. I just think that the more talented team, I, I told him that as well when he joined the show in the first hour. I feel like at least right now, right, going into this one, I think that they're the better team. Shereen Williams pretty much backed me up. The Hall of Famer said, I don't see the talent on the team. I'm talking about the Broncos, not the Raiders. <laughs> I don't see the talent. That was her words, not mine. So we'll see what happens, but I do think this game is so important and they really need to get this victory. And this is one of the reasons why. And this comes down from NFL Communications. They always send us nuggets 
throughout the course of the year. I love it. Like, you know, like time capsules and, you know, just little sto- not storylines, but just little nuggets about the game, about the teams that are participating, just all kind of different stuff. This one's pretty interesting. And this is just about the NFL in general. Since 2002, when the NFL expanded to 32 clubs, teams that are victorious in their season openers are more than twice as likely to reach the playoffs than those that lose the opening game. Of the 334 teams that won openers, 176 went to the playoffs. 117 of those 176 won division titles. Of the 332 teams that lost the openers, 82 went to the playoffs, 51 division titles. So I think that that is so important, right? I just, I mean, I, I just think getting off to a hot start is good for, if anything, the, the psyche of a team, especially a team like the Raiders that a lot of people are counted out before the season even gets started. They haven't snapped the ball one time, and they're already being counted out. It's funny. I was doing this show last night on ESPN. I was doing game night with my, my guy Emmett Golden from ESPN Cleveland, and we had the great Herm Edwards on. And he asked him a question about two different teams. And I can't remember what the teams were. I want to say it was the Jaguars and and maybe some other team. Well, it was another team. I don't remember the exact team. But the, the gist of the question was, well, which team is most likely to do this or that? And Herm is like, they ain't even snapped the ball yet once. <laughs> Nobody snapped the ball once. The season don't start till Thursday. Like, he had no good answer because that was a tough question. Like, we have no idea. We've seen training camp. We've seen preseason. But honestly, until we actually see these guys out on the grass, we don't know what to expect. And and, the, and when I heard Herm answer that, he said, man, you got me with that question. They haven't even snapped the ball yet. I have no idea. But I think that's an important nugget about the Raiders and, and every team in the league, just how important it is to get off to a good start and win that first game. Does that guarantee anything? Absolutely not. They can get off to a 4-0 start. It doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs, but it helps. Right? I'd rather them win the first four than lose the first four. If you remember last year, the Raiders got their first victory in October. Think about that. I don't want that to be the case again this year, where they go the first month of the season without a victory. They've got to get their first victory in September, and I prefer it to be September 10th. 702 365 Want to hear from you? Also, we got the the uh, the the don't be broke dot com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and uh, or, no, you don't have that. Is that the is that the winner? Is that who we got? All right, that's our winner. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I just saw the name Kevin. I didn't. I thought Kevin was on hold. Kevin is our winner for uh, the tickets to the comedy show. So all right, that's what's up. Sorry about that. All right. All right. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> who are you about to throw it to, dude? <laughs> I was just gonna make up a voice. That no, you weren't. No, you weren't. That would have been funny. But, uh, yeah, Kevin, uh, big props to you, man. Appreciate you calling in and being called number nine. Uh, Robin Oakland hits up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. If you could have seen Ari's face, that was hilarious. He said, although the league's office uh, denies, uh, generally denies the grant wishes. Wait, hold on, what? Although the league office genuine deny the grant wishes. Okay, well, we're going to skip that part because it's uh, it's clearly a, a, a text to, or a voice-to-text text. Uh, he said, I think a major storyline is the concept that Denver requested to host us of open up the season. A new coach will set the tone for the season by stopping a six-game losing streak to a bitter division rival. The rest depends on who wins that game and how. I hope the players and coaches ignore the sideshow, focus on the opponent, and smash the donkeys on Sunday. They wanted it. Give it to them. That's Rob and Oakland. Sorry for messing up the text, but it was clearly messed up. I think it was one of those, I do them all the time, voice to text, and they don't come out very good. But I, I get your gist of it, talking about uh, the Denver Broncos wanting the Raiders. And it's funny. That's been something that many people who cover the Broncos have said to me. They've said that, uh, you know, that the the Broncos really wanted to host 
the Raiders week one, and they got the Raiders week one. And it's funny because somebody said something about that on Twitter to my guy Cody Rourke, who hosts the Locked On Broncos show. Uh, he does a really good job. I respect the hell out of him. And he was like, where would you get that nonsense from? And I was like, well, that's been the conversation, Cody. No, no, Sean Payton doesn't care about that. So that's why I asked earlier, I asked Zach Stevens about it. I was like, wait, this I am hearing this correct, right? I mean, this is something that multiple people have said, and uh, this is this is right, right? So I guess now maybe they're, I don't know, maybe it's trying to be downplayed a little bit, but that's been something I know JT has talked about it. Uh, I've had people on the show while that they've, uh, you know, that they've talked about it before, that really Sean Payton wanted to, host the Raiders week one. And I'm not saying that just because they wanted to, the NFL gave it to them, but the NFL gave it to them. So the Raiders will travel to Denver week one. But uh, sorry again, Rob, for messing up your text. I do appreciate you uh, chiming in when you do. Uh, also got a text from the 707. I think the biggest storyline is the fact that Jimmy G is currently deemed healthy. There is so much uncertainty around his injury-prone seasons that since he is fully ready to go, it'd be a main story in my view. I hope he continues and he makes it unscathed. Won't be easy, but that'd be a continued storyline. That's from the 707. There's no doubt about that. Thanks so much for that text. I definitely appreciate you. Let's get a couple sounds in real quick uh, from head coach Josh B. Daniels. And uh, we played a couple earlier in the show, but want to kind of rehash them. We played them really early in the show before we had Zach Stevens. So let's go back to the beginning where uh, Coach McDaniels was talking about uh, resolution with Chandler Jones. Was there any re- resolution with that Chandler Jones situation? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not going to talk about the, you know, that's kind of a personal situation. And um, as a, you know, we, we've never really gone into, you know, those kind of things. So I'm going to steer away from that. Um, you know, it's a private matter. And, um, you know, you know, if there's something to report on it, then, you know, we'll, we'll do that. But uh, as of right now, no. <clears throat> there's nothing to report. There's nothing to talk about. No, I, I don't, you know, right now we're going day to day. So, um, you know, he, he, he's not going to be here today. So we'll, we'll kind of take it one day at a time. Coach McDaniel's right there, and you see he had to cut off Vinny uh, when Vinny was asking a follow-up question about Chandler Jones, and that's when you know that it's serious because C- Coach McDaniel's usually doesn't cut off Vinny or anyone else, usually allows him to get the question out, and uh, you could tell that it was something that was really um, bothering Coach McDaniel's, and I'm sure it bothers others within the organization as well. So here's the question that I asked earlier about this situation potentially affecting the locker room, and here's what Coach McDaniel's had to say about it. You know, I mean, look, the the team's getting ready to play a game. You know, we we gotta we deal with different things during throughout the course of the year, whether it's injuries or or other adversities. So, um, you know, I think the guys are focused on you know trying to control the things that they can control and uh, get ready to play. In, uh, you know, the best game we can play on Sunday. So there he is, and really not talking and deep diving too much into the Chandler Jones situation or it affecting the locker room, but. Just said the guys are ready to go out there and play, and that's that's all they could do. And every player that was talked to in the locker room earlier today, uh, that's what they said. You know, not going to comment on it. You know, just preparing for a game, going to go out there and play for our brothers. So this was a good question I thought was asked by Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, talking about making decisions and learning from challenging situations as far as players are involved. Here's what Coach McDaniels had to say about that situation. Look, there's there's a lot of things that go on every week. You know, every every week in a football organization, you just you know try to do the best you can to get your team ready to play. And um, we all have different roles to play, and there's decisions that that are made. And um, you know, you try to do the best thing for the team. That's it. I mean, I don't know anything else that would be better than that. Try to make uh, the right decisions in every way, shape, or form you can to help your team be successful. So um, that's what we've tried to do since we've been here, and that's what we're going to continue to do. 
So there you go. There's Coach McDaniels really talking about, you know, the Chandler Jones situation and continue to try to make the best decisions moving forward for everybody in that locker room. Ari, we'll skip that last Chandler Jones uh, soundbite just talking about the, you know, convo with the team, and we'll go down to Tyree Wilson because Tyree Wilson could eventually play a bigger role in this game on Sunday if Chandler Jones is not available, which I don't expect him to be available. Just that by the tone of head coach Josh McDaniels, it just doesn't sound like a guy that's going to be available to play on Sunday. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but it just, again, going off the gut feeling, doesn't feel like he's going to be available. So here's Coach McDaniels talking about Tyree Wilson, where he's at in development, and can he be ready for a bigger role if need be? You know, we're working, obviously, every day is a good day uh, for Tyree. He's kind of worked through this whole spring and summer, you know, on schedule uh, with what we've been asking him to do. Um, this week will be another week we'll push forward. So um, I think he's done a tremendous job of trying to follow the the plan. Um, he's, he'll be ready to go. You know, is it going to be nobody's going to play 70 plays on Sunday? So there, there's that's that that would be unrealistic for us to go into the first game of the season and think that we don't need to use the, you know the active list to try to make sure that we're uh, you know we're okay in the second half in terms of our conditioning. So um, you know we've prepared hard, we've conditioned hard, um, but none of us have played a, a game for 60 minutes. So um, you know he'll he'll be out there, and like I said, we'll have a plan for that. You know how much uh, that will end up being. Uh, you know we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much Tyree Wilson is going to play. Again, he did not get much burn at all during the preseason. 14 snaps, one game against the Dallas Cowboys, and that was it. Right, and now it felt like forever ago. I know it was only about two weeks ago, but it felt like forever ago since he was actually out there. And I know he's been ramping up in practice, and he's been working hard, and he's been following the program. And we heard from him earlier today when Vinny caught up with him in the locker room, and he's itching to get out there. I get it, but... Uh, he's not ready for a full game. He's just not ready to just step in there and all of a sudden take over and be that starter and go all game long. It's just unrealistic, right? We've been asking questions about Josh Jacobs and how realistic it is he's going to get 25 carries, right? If if he's going to get 25 carries or if he'll get more like 15. So I just don't expect a guy, a rookie on top of that, to just step into you know, the, 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 the deep end really and have to do as many and play as many snaps as as that would uh, you know take if if he has a feeling for Chandler Jones, I think Malcolm Coos is probably going to get uh, a lot of attention. I think he's going to get a lot of work in on Sunday, and Tyree Wilson will get a lot of work in alongside of him, really to make up for Chandler Jones if, in fact, he's not able to go. Again, we're listening to what head coach Josh McDaniels had to say earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center uh, here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty Unnecessary Roughness. Just got a couple more sound bites for you, and the first one is about the new coaching staff for the Denver Broncos, and you know. How do they kind of assess what they think Sean Payton and company are going to do, and have it, does it have to go back to what he did with New Orleans? There's a lot that you can. That's one of the things about this day. That's um, uh, this. This is so different, you know, because you could utilize a lot of tape to prepare, um, and there's probably a point where you're overdoing it, you know, um, going back so far that you know now you're chasing ghosts and. Um, at some point, uh, you got to cut that off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, Sean's had a long history in this lead of, of, of success every, you know, everywhere he's been and obviously in New Orleans. So, um, he's a great coach. Uh, his teams are always well prepared. They play physical and tough. They're disciplined. Um, they've taken care of the ball. They don't beat themselves. They're really good in situational football. So, um, you know, I'm, that's what I'm expecting, you know. So I think the biggest thing for us, regardless of how far back we've gone, is, you know, what are we, we going to do? 
you know, and how comfortable are we with what we're going to do in each phase of the game. And so our focus will remain there, you know, this week. And uh, like I said, you go in with a certain plan and an idea of what you want to do to try to play the game. And usually there's some ver version of an adjustment that you're going to make based on how it's going and what you're seeing on the other side. There's Coach McDaniels just talking about Denver's new coaching staff and, you know, kind of how they prepare for this upcoming game with uh, Coach Sean Payton getting his first time with the Denver Broncos. And all you could really base off what he's going to do is what you saw with him in New Orleans. And I think that this team is a lot different than that New Orleans team. Obviously, the quarterbacks are a lot different. Uh, Russell Wilson at one point. I've heard the word Hall of Fame quarterback a couple times today on this show, not from me, but from others. I don't think that Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. Uh, matter of fact, he's never even had a vote for a league MVP. I know he's won a Super Bowl, but that was really, as far as I'm concerned, the Legion of Boom, and that was the run game. Where And he probably should have won a second one the same way. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I think that maybe he had an opportunity to be a Hall of Fame quarterback at one point. But he's fallen off uh, quite a bit as far as I'm concerned. So I don't look at him like that. And I'm interested to see if Sean Payton could actually turn him around as quickly as they need him to. And really, another question that I have, and maybe we'll talk to a, a Bronco person tomorrow and, and ask this question. How long is Sean Payton willing to give Russell Wilson before he says, yeah, you know what, this is not workable? Right? I mean, the Raiders gave Derek Carr 10, not 10 games, gave him 15 games uh, last season. Right? Remember after the 15th game, they sat him down and he, he never played again. And he was successful, right? I mean, he didn't look like he didn't look like Russell Wilson at all, right? So I wonder how long. And I know he has that contract extension, and that money's going to talk for a while at least. I wonder how long it is until Sean Payton says, "Yeah, I can't, I can't do this. He's not going to be the guy." And we'll, you know, we'll we'll hand it over to Jared Stidham for now, and then go in and try to address the quarterback situation maybe in the upcoming draft. How about adjustments? Speaking of Russell Wilson. How many adjustments does uh, do the Raiders think that they're going to have to make with Sean Payton coaching and using Russell Wilson as a, as a multiple weapon? Well, we'll see about the adjustment part based on how they're going and what they're what they're doing. But um, you know, Sean utilizes his personnel extremely well, um, moves his players around, uses a lot of different personnel groupings, challenges it with formations, motions, tempo. Uh, they snap the ball pretty quickly offensively. Um, you got to be set and ready to go, know what your assignments are, um, you know, and, and like I said, generally speaking, his teams execute very well. And so um, that's what I'm anticipating. I know how good Russell Wilson is. He's had an incredible career um, and I'm expecting the absolute, you know, best version of every one of their guys on their team. So um, it'll, it'll be a big challenge. And like I said, we're, we're excited to get ready for it. There you go. Coach Josh McDaniels right there talking to the media earlier today, and that's really all the sound bites that we need to get to. But uh, it should be interesting. It really should. Again, I feel like that this is a game that the Raiders should win. I know a lot of people don't believe that the Raiders are going to win. I know that they're underdogs right now, and that's fine. Right? They're going to be an underdog in most of the games that they play this year. And again, that's fine. Let them be underdogs and let them just go out there and show everybody, not talk about it, just go out there and be about it. Sometimes that's, that's what it's all about, just going out there and doing what you do. And regardless what you know anyone thinks, no matter what the betting line looks like, just go out there and prove it, improve it on the field. They've got a tough one in Denver on Sunday. They got a probably even tougher one in Buffalo the following Sunday. Uh, and then they got a tough one at home with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road to the Chargers week four. So the first four games of the season, there's none of those games you look at. It's like, yeah, that's a that's an easy dub. 
There, there's none of those there. I thought that was the Arizona Cardinals last year, and we all saw how that shook out. So uh, there's no easy dub in the first four games of the season for the Silver and Black. And really, if you look up and down their, their schedule, there's really no easy dub, period. They've got a very, very hard schedule. Got a couple texts I want to get to, then we'll take a break, come back with reason or excuses. We close out the show. This text is from the 530. Max's interview today was very telling. It seemed like he was biting his tongue when answering all the questions. I'm afraid the Chandler circumstance has impacted the locker room. And I, I don't know. I didn't get to see any of uh, Max's interview in the locker room. Uh, I'm sure somebody has it on film and maybe it's out there a little bit. I didn't get to see it. I do know what he told Vic Tafer when Vic asked about the Chandler Jones situation and Max said, everything's in house. We're good. That's it. So to your point of biting his tongue, Max is a guy who usually expands on things, but I also know Chandler Jones is a guy that he's close to. You know, he's been very close to him. I know Chandler Jones was excited to come play with the Raiders because of Max Crosby. He talked about it quite a bit last year. So I'm sure that this situation, regardless of what the situation really is, probably is hurtful to Max Crosby. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But, yeah, I'm sure Max is feeling some kind of way, not anger towards the organization, just feeling, you know, down because of his brother. You know, he, he probably feels like his brother's in a in a bad place right now, and he doesn't like to see that. Uh, let's see. We also got a text. Oh, Robin Oakland. He had a follow up. Q, thanks for reading my text. Remember the Mac Dre album, The Genie of the Lamp? I was making fun of the league office by calling them genies that Grant wishes. Uh, it was stupid. <laughs> Robin Oakland. Thanks. Thanks for the text. And it provides some clarity. Now I know. I had no idea where you were going with that, but it makes sense. So, uh, yeah, you, you did. You got me on that one. That was a good one. I ain't mad at you. You pulled one over on me. So, uh, not mad. Usually I'm thinking on that level, but I, I definitely was not thinking Mac Dre, genie in the lamp. I definitely wasn't thinking of that at all, but uh, that's a good one. So, thanks. So much for that text. Thanks for clearing things up just a little bit. 441 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, get reason or excuse to close out the show here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. It's time for reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. All right, here we go. College football starts us off. I'm sure you saw Duke upset Clemson. And uh, Riley Riley Leonard shot a video literally on the field moments after uh, and it went a little something like this. Professor Taylor, if you're seeing this, please let me turn in my homework late because it's due tonight, I think, at 12. Professor Taylor's video response. Congratulations to you and all your teammates. But you know, Wesley Williams and the other linemen who were in the class, they said they prepared ahead of time. So why didn't the quarterback? So no way, man, no extension, he said. Barstool tweeted the exchange on Twitter with a very on-brand response, which was, quote, Professor Taylor confirmed not a football guy. Reason or excuse. <laughs> no, that's that's facts. Definitely not a, a, a football guy at all. That's a big victory, man. Duke knocking off Clemson. Clemson was ranked number nine. And one, that shows that preseason rankings rankings don't mean anything, right? Because they're they ranked number nine, and they look like number 99. They did not look good at all. Do I think that's where they're going to be? No. When it's all said and done, I think they'll end up being a really good team. I have confidence in Dabo Sweeney. But, yeah, they didn't look good at all. So, uh, I think that uh, that old professor should just go ahead and say, you know what, you knocked off Clemson. It's gonna be probably the best victory that the team has all all season long. So that's eh, all right, man. We'll go ahead and grade your your paper on a scale, on a curve, maybe. So, but then again, all right, I was never a school guy, so I can't I can't side on the side of the professor because, well, I'd be that guy trying to look for an excuse to get my paper in late too. So if if at all, right? Oh, yep. <laughs> No, I'm actually I'm kind of with you, but then not with you because I am actually not a student either. Like I wasn't great in school, but I actually felt like, hey man, like it's kind of kind of makes a good point. Like the other oh, guys, boo! Like the, yeah, I'm, boo! I'm 
I'm just saying. They just beat Clemson, man. Damn, give the guy a break. Okay. What class is he Are in? Are we not trying to Underwater prepare? basket weaving? What class was he? All right, he? now, if we go into details, you're, you might you might have a shot. All I'm saying is. I got a shot. We I are have pre- a shot. We are preparing people for the real world here, right? I understand. So is Riley Leonard 100% lock for the NFL? No, no, but the real world is that sometimes, and this is the best life lesson that you can get, sometimes the rules apply for everybody, but they're enforced differently. Facts. Every walk of life. I don't care what job you're in. Wherever you're listening to me right now, you think about everyone at your job. The rules are the same, but they're applied differently. That's at our job. That's at your job. That's at that job. Just saying. I believe Jared calls it separate but fair. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, it's facts. I live by it. You live by it. We all live by it. That the rules are always the same, but they're enforced differently. That is very, very true. All right. Speaking Life of- Life lesson 101. Look, that lesson I just gave you for free 99 is going to go a lot farther than whatever paper he had to turn in. I promise you. Because that's something that will resonate with you in life. When you sit there and wonder, well, how come they're not talking about him? How come I didn't get a computer at work? How come I don't have this, that, and the other? How come this, that, and the other? Because the rules are the same, but they're applied differently. You've got to decide how they're going to be applied for you. Life Ooh, lessons by your time. boy. That's right. By the Professor Q. That's right. <laughs> uh, Teaching class. Wow, how do I even follow that? Well, you don't. With another college <laughs> college story here. This one's kind of right. interesting. Fiona Crowley, a student at University of North Carolina, competed in the U.S. Open she earned eighty-one thousand bucks. She nice. had to for no. She had to forfeit the money because she had accepted it. She wouldn't have. I'm sorry. Because had she accepted it, she would not have been eligible for the NCAA. Oh yeah. And she did. She gave it up. It seems unreal that there are football and basketball players making millions in NIL deals, and I can't take the money I worked so hard for. She said to the News and Observer. Uh, so Jay Bill has chimed in. And asked, isn't the issue just whether a college athlete is enrolled in school as a full-time student in good standing? Any college athlete can make a paid appearance. Why disallow actual earnings? Uh, the NCAA only cares about its bottom line, regardless of its effect on student athletes. Reason or excuse? Oh man, it's all excuses. It's all excuses. Look, if you're gonna, if it, again, <laughs> it's all excuses. But again, <laughs> the rules are the same for everybody, but they're applied differently, right? I mean, look, if if that was a football player, like Jay Billa said then NIL would have been the, the reason why she got all that money and it would have been okay, right? And there's a lot of people that market themselves really well. If I was in college in the NIL era, I'd have made a whole lot of money, right? Because I know how to market myself, right? If there's one person that can sell you, it's you. And believe me, I can sell me some me. <laughs> so uh, I would have all the NIL money and somebody would look at me like, why does he get all the money? I'd be like, step your game up, dog. Step your game up. Got to be able to sell yourself. So, no, I don't think it's right that she can't keep the money. At this point in college uh, college sports, it's not amateurism anymore anyway. It's just not. Right? right? And, and this is something that I fell victim to because I was all for these players getting as much money as they could. Hey, and, and for everything I just said, if you can market yourself and somebody at a business wants to give you – like if I go to UNLV and someone that runs Finley Cadillac – Likes me a lot, and they want me to drive a, you know, a, a, a Escalade. Let's put it like that. And they say, hey, you know what, Q? You're my favorite football player on the team. I'm going to give you this Escalade to drive. Cool. Then I'm taking it. And that offensive lineman might say, well, that's not fair. I'm driving a bucket. Well, you need to step your game up and become his favorite football player. Right? I mean, that's just that's how I look at it. But with that being said, man, that Pandora's box opened up wide. 
super wide, and I didn't think it was going to get crazy like it is. Like, Spencer Rattler's driving a G-Wagon. Mm. A G-Wagon for Spencer Rattler. You know, he was a guy that came out of college or high school with so much hype, and he really hasn't lived up to it, had to transfer. I believe he's at South Carolina now, and he's good. But is he G4 good? G-Ride good? good? <laughs> no. But that's what people are willing to offer him. You know, Bryce Young made like $2 million in college last year. Right? Caleb Williams is talking about he might stay. He might stay in college because he's making more money in the NIL than go to a team like the Cardinals if they have the number one overall pick. That's the options that these guys have. I didn't know Pandora's box was going to open up like that. I thought guys were going to get caked up enough to be able to survive and have a little bit more bread in their pocket than they had, which is the whole reason why they were were champion for this NIL because they weren't getting enough meals. They weren't able to pay this, that, and the other. Now they're eating better than everybody. <laughs> so there's that. There you go. Well, we're going to keep with the theme because this is just, I didn't even plan it like this. This is perfect. Cal, Stanford, and SMU are being added to the ACC. It will come at a significant discount, which will help create a revenue pool to be shared among ACC members. Uh, it's basically kind of bailing out the, the athletic departments at Stanford and Cal. Uh, with the P, uh, the Pac-12's implosion. So is this really adding value to the conference? No. It no. It seem, I was just going to no. say because it seems like it's just no. an attempt to replace the, the only thing, The yeah. only thing this is adding to the conference is the, the education side of things. Like you don't turn down a program like Cal and Stanford that has very high – um, you know, educational standards. You just don't, right? That looks really good on your conference to be able to have institutions like that. But it sucks. I mean, let's just let's call a spade a spade. It sucks, right? Anyone who would go to watch their kid that pl- plays volleyball at Cal now has to travel to ACC country to go and watch their kid play volleyball in a sport that's not revenue sharing. It doesn't create. It's it's it, it costs money. Football is what costs. I mean, it's just. Honestly, the whole realignment thing, it's it's it sucks. I know why they do it. They have to to keep up with the Joneses. I wish ultimately that college football just had their own conference. There you go. Right, just it was it, it would be all college football and you let all the Olympic type sports, volleyball, softball, baseball, basketball. Basketball doesn't generate revenue. As much as we like to watch it, 99% of basketball programs don't generate big money. Women's basketball doesn't generate any money as far as ba- as far as college goes. I was there in Central Texas watching Baylor win championships. And you know how much money they generated? Zero. The football team is what generated the money that paid for the Lady Bears to go and continue to win championships, which is great. But that's what it is. LSU, Kim Mulkey's there. Sold a lot of season tickets. Still not generating a bunch of money. It's just It's just reality. And that sucks. I wish they could do something to even the playing field when it comes to that. That's the real tragedy in this whole situation. Well, thank you so much for that, Ari. I do appreciate you. You got any day of the day for me or no? Really quick, uh, National Read a Book Day. Go read you a book. Read a book. Read a book. Read a <laughs> Go check Get out it. that YouTube. Read a book. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.